Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back, listeners, to the Paleo View episode 368, not 369, because we did record episode 368 yesterday. <laughs> womp womp. It's Second one of those. Sometimes the charm. Honestly, after 368 shows, we've had a relatively very low percentage of tech glitches. However, when it happens, it's a little bit frustrating. So the good news for you listeners is when we re-record a show, I think that we're better because we're a little bit practiced. So I hope that you get to enjoy the benefits of our practicing the show yesterday for you. Do you know who's <laughs> going to super appreciate the benefits of a really polished practiced show? I know what you're setting up here and I'm going to guess our sponsor Juve. It's going to be our sponsor Juve because they're going to be like, whoa, dude, that show was the best show ever. And we're going to be like, yeah, it's because we did it twice, but only the second time got recorded. So that's what everyone got to hear. I am actually have a question that I want to ask you about the Juve from Lorenzo, our 13th male listener. <laughs> we're up to 13? Well, Sweet. it's been tw- it's been tw- 12 for a while, and I haven't seen yeah. Lorenzo's name before, so I feel like we're up to 13. <laughs> Shout out to the actual male listeners. We appreciate you, like, a lot. I love that we have not more, just... Probably more than 13. I, I'm. It's not probably. We have more than 13. <laughs> we're we gonna have, need- like, a special party for them someday. I know. But then, you know what's going to happen? All of our other listeners are going to be like, what about us? I, listen, we have a party every week here on the Paleo View. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Lorenzo Sometimes asks. Twice. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to this because it's not the kind of model that I have. So I'm going to need you to answer. Lorenzo says um, he has the quad juve, mm-hmm. which is like, as you can imagine, four pieces, people. Um, so he wonders, should he stand still, move slowly left and right, or what is the ideal thing to do because there's a little bit of gap in the light between the juves where they connect like Legos. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, to, to back up for our, for our listeners, the quad is made up of four solos. So what's really, really cool about their, I'm going to say new system, but of course this, this modular system has been around for like a year now. But um, now with the Juves, you can buy a mini or a solo, and they can all connect together either with Bluetooth or with actual wires in the back. And they have, like, special stands and stuff so that it becomes, like, one piece. Um, We call uh, my husband and I jokingly call my quad the monolith because it's just this, like, giant white panel. But what I love about it is it's full body. So it's 
about six feet tall and two feet wide. So it's actually a little bit bigger than the like old legacy model, which was what you have, Stacey, called the, I think it's called like the Max Combo. So it's, it sort of replaced that, but it's, um, it's actually slightly bigger. But because of that modular design of it actually being four solos beautifully connected together to make one quad is that um, because the, the lights are the sort of array of lights on each panel, there's a little bit more space on the like rim on the outside. And so when you connect two together, you've got a little bit of a column between the lights in the middle. And so I can tell you what I do is I'm a fidgety person. So I do tend to move a little bit left and right. Ideally, you're standing about one to two inches away from your juve while you're doing a, a red light therapy treatment. And so that is enough space for that light to diffuse. They're not lasers, right? They're LEDs. So it's not unidirectional light. So it is going to diffuse. But I still, uh, at least anecdotally from my own personal experience, feel like I get a little bit more even exposure if I'm moving back and forth a little bit slowly. It's really just me fidgeting and not being able to stand still and shifting <laughs> left to right. Um, but I can tell you, Lorenzo, that's what I do. I do, I do kind of shift around and move around. Um, and, and I do that both when I'm facing the, my quad and when I'm facing away from my quad, cause I do 10 minutes facing and 10 minutes reverse facing. Yeah. I actually do my session a little bit longer facing my back because of my back injury. Mm. Um, and I find that it really helps with joint pain. So, um, or lack thereof. It, cre exactly. it creates, it creates lack thereof. Correct. Yes. I think that, I think we did a double negative there, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, if you're not familiar with Juve, as Lorenzo obviously is, um, they are our sponsor because we both genuinely use and love them. And I love that we get to partner with brands who want to share with you all listeners. So you can check out Juve at juve.com slash paleo view. That's J-O-O-V-V.com. And you can learn more about the science of their um, red light wavelengths, which are specific to health benefits, such as sleeping better. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you saw they had a, um, well, let me finish the list before I go off on another tangent. Um, <laughs> weight loss, which as we talked about in a recent show is much more about regulating health and hormones and that sort of thing, speeding up metabolism, um, doing genuine good stuff for your health, which is important. Um, and then things like improved muscle recovery, reduced inflammation, which is something I experience, and um, speeding up wound healing, which I think you mentioned before has to do with metabolism, which is cool. But the question that I have for you while I'm talking like an auctioneer is... Um, about sleeping. So they, I saw via Juve's, I think social media or maybe it was an email that came out that they um, showed that if you juved, I think it was something like two hours before bedtime, that you actually had improved sleep quality. And you and I had talked before about that potentially like keeping you up at night. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you saw that. 
Um, so I had I I saw that and I was like, oh, I already self experimented before you guys told me that this was a thing that would work. <laughs> of course um, you did. So, so I um I had been okay. So let me back up. So one of the ways that uh, the red and near infrared wavelengths that Juve provides in its light therapy has such a huge list of like scientifically proven health benefits. There's well over 3000 different published clinical trials that show the benefits of these wavelengths. So we wouldn't promote anything that didn't have really solid science to, to back it. But, uh, the, the main sort of mechanism behind that is the, that those particular wavelengths drive ATP production by mitochondria in our cells. So ATP is our like main energy molecule that our cells actually use. Like we, we think about like glucose, like sugar being our energy, but actually within our cells, glucose is actually converted into ATP and ATP, which stands for adenosine triphosphate is the actual energy molecule. And so you can have this like big boost in metabolism right after using the juve. And there's all of these other like sleep hygiene things. I have to work really hard on sleep hygiene because my default is to sleep really poorly. So my default is I can fall asleep anywhere, anytime, just give me horizontal in like two minutes and I'll be out. But my sleep quality is not, is not great. I have to work really hard to get enough deep sleep. And so I do all the sleep hygiene things, including like not drinking in alcohol in the evening, not eating a late meal or snacking before bed, because the way, the reason why those things disrupt your sleep quality is by ramping up your metabolism. So in my head, I thought, well, if Juve ramps up metabolism right before bed, that's not going to be a good thing. But I hit a point over the summer where my schedule just got really wonky and I just didn't have time to Juve in the morning anymore. And I found myself not Juving as often. And um, it actually shocked me how crummy I felt relatively quickly. Like it took about three weeks to kind of kick in of like, I've only juved like once in the last three weeks, but man, like my fibromyalgia pain is back. My energy is lower. Like I just don't feel as comfortable moving around as I did. I need to figure out how to fit juve back in. Like, obviously I've got the monolith in my room. I gotta, I gotta do it. So I, uh, very, skeptically and cautiously started uh, my juve session as part of my bedtime routine. So it's typically about an hour before I go to bed, but every once in a while, it's more like 30 minutes. And um, I have actually found that I'm falling asleep better and my sleep quality is more consistent. So maybe a little bit more resilient to suboptimal other things in my day. And so I actually have found just with my my own N equals one that juving in the evening has been like really wonderful. And for me, it, you know, it's just, to me, it's a little bit easier for how my life is structured right now, especially with the kids' new schedules. I just feel like I have more time in the evening as part of, you know, getting in my pajamas, might as well stand butt naked in front of a red light in between. It, it just, to me, it, it kind of fits into my life a little bit better and yeah, benefit to sleep. It's pretty awesome. Excellent information. I like to do mine in the morning. I roll out of bed and I also sleep buck naked while we're talking about buck while we're nakedness. talking about nudity. And so it's easy for me just to like walk a few steps <laughs> to the juve. <laughs> and what I do is I catch up on my phone while I'm doing the longer session on my back. Like I, um, 
check email, I respond to texts that I might have gotten, like, you know, stuff like that, just to take care of the emergencies for the first, you know, 10 minutes or so. And then I put my phone away and turn and face my juve so that the blue light is not in my face while I'm red lighting. That doesn't make much sense. So I, what I do think is that while um, if you get out of the routine and you have a busy life, like it can like become, it can become a thing that you put at the bottom of your priority list. But since we've been back traveling, I've prioritized making sure to do it every morning, even if I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. The minute that I pick up my phone, I'm like, I could be doing this in front of the juve. I'm just going to do it. Um, And so that's made a big difference, both in my joint pain, as well as my energy. Like I just feel very positive and energized. Now I'm also like sleeping in my own bed and not stuck in a van with a bunch of kids, but (laughs) that's my personal experience. Do you know what I do while I'm juving? Just, I'm just throwing this out there for our listeners. I listen to podcasts. Oh, that's so smart. (laughs) And you could tell, you could tell your lady whose name I'm not going to say because then she'll talk to me. Um, You can tell your lady that you want to juve for 10 minutes if you have one of the newer models um, compatible with the lady. Mm -hmm. And um, whose name starts with an A and ends with an A. Sounds like Alexander. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it's almost then, the name I named my firstborn child. Then once you say, I want to do that for 15 minutes or whatever, you can say, hey, lady, start my podcast. So look at us in this modern world. Um, <laughs> enough of that. Again, if you want to check out Juve and read the science and all that kind of stuff, we do have a podcast that we dedicated to that. Um, there's lots of information on their website, which is com slash paleo view. Moving on along. I am super jazz hands excited to be a student on this week's show (laughs) because I know absolutely nothing about varicose veins other than I learned this, you know, originally, I I will say, I know more now, but I'll say before yesterday when we recorded, what I knew was that they are often in the legs and they can be painful um, and they happen mostly later in life or during pregnancy or things like that. But I have honestly no idea what causes them, what are some ways to treat them. Like, so I'm excited to learn about the science because I know that I am probably less common than other people that they don't genetically run. And it's not something I have in my family. So I'm sure there are people out there who do, who are suffering mm-hmm. and need help. Yeah. Like, like maybe your co-host has a long history of varicose veins. I'm just throwing it out there uh, as as being. I'm I'm bringing some science and some personal experience to this episode, um, <laughs> as we do. <laughs> as, as we, uh, pretty much every episode, right there. Um, but this this was um, this topic was a request from Christine. I'm going to read her question because she starts off with lots of flattery, and that is definitely our favorite type of question to uh, read on the air. So Christine says, before I get to my question, I want to thank you for all that you do, Sarah and Stacy. I especially love your podcasts. I will admit I'm digging into your podcast archives, so don't judge me. I listen to them while I log core at work, enabling me to be double nerdy. As a fellow scientist, I appreciate your no-nonsense approach to tackling questions and information with science. Even my husband, who is a chemist, loves how informative and science-based your podcasts are. 
Ahem. I curate select episodes for him as it has helped me immensely in understanding AIP and profoundly improved our marriage. The information and advice you provide has empowered me to ask the right questions and find the right medical providers. Prior to finding your websites and podcasts, I sought medical treatment from a primary care physician. I remember the last time I saw him, I was sitting in his office feeling horrible after eating lunch, asking him to test me for celiac disease. I started explaining my symptoms. Then he proceeded to tell me that I didn't have celiac because I didn't have diarrhea. Sorry, Stacy. <laughs> I immediately just went pink before you said sorry, Stacy. Why am Christine, I such a child? Christine wrote it into I know. her question. She does know knowing... us. Christine, you've listened to too many podcasts. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the truth. When I explained that I had another symptom, infertility, and that was an issue as my husband and I had been trying to conceive for four years without any success whatsoever, he told me, sometimes it's just not in God's plans. I swallowed my tears and persisted. Finally, he conceded after I told him that my family has a history of celiac disease. The two of you have made me feel empowered enough so that I moved on from that physician and found the right one for me. I feel like I can intelligently speak to my provider and be my own advocate. I'm so deeply grateful. Can we just pause for a minute to say, I am so mad at that doctor and mm -hmm. proud of Christine for knowing that what wasn't in her plans was to stay with someone who was not helpful in solving her, her physical ailments. Like, not okay. And I am so proud that you were empowered and I am giving you like long distance fist bump. Amazing. I'm like doing an air high five for like no reason other than Christine, I'm high fiving you right now. Uh, so now to Christine's question, I have been making leaps and bounds on AIP over the last couple of months after being treated for SIBO and supplementing my meals with hydrochloric acid. I noticed for the first time in my life that my skin became soft and my nails also soft and lustrous. But what really surprised me the most was my varicose veins have almost disappeared. I've had them on both my calves for about 15 years and I thought that I was stuck with them for life. I was so self-conscious of them that I rarely wore shorts or shorter dresses in public or if I did, I wore tights or pantyhose. This has led me to wonder what causes varicose veins? How are they autoimmune related? Are they specific to certain autoimmune diseases? What can I do from a diet standpoint to keep promoting the elimination of varicose veins? I love that AIP has opened so many doors to good health for me and so many others. AIP has helped me feel confident and beautiful again, something I never thought possible. I'm so deeply grateful for what you have given me. I just, I want to be friends with Christine. Mm -hmm. So, Christine, I know you're listening. We're friends now. Just putting it yep. out there. It just happened. <laughs> um, I don't know any of these answers. So are you ready to jump into the science? <laughs> I, I am. Um, because apparently varicose veins, the varicose veins um, affect about 23, 24% of Americans. And there's sort of estimates that upwards of 40% of adults will get them at some point in their lives. Um, but unless you are one of that, you know, fairly large percentage of American adults, um, they they are something that doesn't kind of hit the the sort of national health conversation very often. And the main reason for that is that they're considered relatively benign. So what they are is a vein that has basically the, the walls have gotten weakened and it's kind of collapsed on itself and um allowed it sort of because it kind of claps it kind of gets kind of twisty it creates spots where um, blood can either 
backflow or pool. And the reason for that is veins have this like really they have a really cool structure. So they actually have these valves in them that stop blood from flowing backwards in between heartbeats. So our arteries have all this muscle around them and they've got high pressure. So the the high pressures in our arteries and our, our veins are low pressure. So because our veins are low pressure, it means that if we didn't have these valves in our veins, like gravity would just make all of the blood pool in our feet, which I think would be relatively uncomfortable. Um, but these valves are awesome. And fun fact Giraffes' necks are so long that they have valves in their neck arteries for the exact same reason that we have valves in all of our veins. Just, this is why giraffes are my favorite animal. This was a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> but I, those, I happen to love giraffes as well. Yeah, just I mean, I love them just for their neck artery valves. But they're... Um, what happens in varicose veins is those, because of the, the weakening of the wall of the vein um, and makes sort of the vein will kind of expand, it pulls those valves apart. So the valves will end up failing as well. As well. So that's how you can get this like backflow or, or blood pooling. And most of the time they're asymptomatic. So they have the, the sort of characteristic uh, dark blue or purple appearance that's from the pooled blood and they can bulge out. So they can have kind of like a bulgy appearance, even like bulging out through, you know, like you'll see like a, the skin's not smooth where they are. Um, and, and that, that's, you know, that's how they're very easily identified, but often they, they don't feel like anything, right. They're, they're just there. Um, but they can be very uncomfortable. So depending on how severe they are, um, depending on other things, um, that are, can be going on concurrently, they can ache, they can feel heavy, you can get muscle cramps, including um, night leg cramps, uh, they can even be itchy or burny, they can give a, a throbbing sensation, um, sometimes the skin around them can be irritated. In the, the more severe versions of the cases, um, you can have um, sort of like ulcerated uh, skin wounds over top where they are, that's often concurrent with other um, vascular disease, but you know, that's, that's sort of like the extreme version of it. Um, and so overall, you know, they're, they're just generally considered relatively benign and not a big deal. Um, but there is this like extreme symptom version of them. And that's usually when people start feeling those symptoms, that's typically when they'll get varicose veins treated. Um, but the other, the other little tiny piece of this is having varicose veins, does slightly increase risk of blood clotting. It's called uh, thrombophlebitis. Um, that can include things like deep, deep vein thrombosis, but it's more generally small blood clots in those varicose veins. And uh, those are big problems and require immediate medical intervention. So um, it's, it's a small fraction of the people with varicose veins that, that have this complication, but it, it is there. So uh, the question, what causes varicose veins? Um, it's not super well understood. So there's, um, a fairly good amount of, of research being done into, to varicose veins, um, more from a treatment perspective than from a, uh, you know, pathogenesis perspective, but there are little bits and pieces to the, the puzzle that have been figured out. So there does seem to be, right, that weakening of the vein wall, might be due to some kind of alteration in collagen or elastin. Um, there looks like there's some kind of chronic inflammation type 
part of the the recipe for making varicose veins. Um, and definitely there's like other possible, like um, you could have the blood clot come first, which causes the varicose vein, or you could have some kind of physical trauma. So um, like a really bad bruise on a leg. If, if, if you are somebody who's genetically predisposed to getting varicose veins, uh, could damage the wall of the vein and then it becomes a, a varicose vein. So there is definitely a familial link. There have been no genes that have been identified that are, you know, the varicose vein gene, but it does tend to run in families. Other risk factors are age. So generally, the older you are, the more likely you are to have them. Being a woman, <laughs> women are uh, double, have double the chance of, of getting them as, as men. Um, being obese uh, increases risk of varicose veins. Um either sitting or standing for long periods of time. So either having like a desk job where you're sitting in the same position, but also um, occupations like tellers, right, that are, are standing um, for a really long period of time at a, you know, at a, a, a counter or cashiers, right? So people who are standing, but standing relatively still for very long periods of time increases them. Having high blood pressure um, and pregnancy. So mine all came in my first pregnancy. It was like varicose vein magic. Um, and so those are all things that are sort of known to increase risk of varicose veins. And it's basically all boils down to either things that make the vein more likely to varicose. So um, you know, like aid, our collagen and elastin uh, in general um, becomes weaker as we age, especially once we hit menopause. Um, and then things that might increase the pressure on the vein. So, um, you know, your blood pressure, your blood volume increases during pregnancy and your blood pressure goes up a little bit. Uh, high blood pressure tends to go with obesity. Also, um, like weaker leg muscles are sort of considered potentially a contributing factor. Um, so all of those things basically translate to uh, a vein that is more likely to 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 varicose, meaning that it, it loses its um, structure and um, bulges out and kind of collapses on itself um, and pressure on that vein to, to drive that varicosing process. So uh, Christine's question was like, I don't know, I did all these things for, for celiac disease and I'm following the AIP and my varicose veins are getting way better. I didn't realize that my varicose veins were linked to my autoimmune disease. And that's because, and this is a really fun thing to actually say for once, because it feels like the opposite of what I say all the other times. There's actually no known link between varicose veins and autoimmune disease. There are a couple of autoimmune diseases that affect uh, connective tissue. So those like mixed connective tissue disorder family of autoimmune diseases, those have an increased risk of varicose veins, but they're not broadly linked to autoimmune disease in general. Um, it may, I mean, it's just, it's such a high frequency condition um, that it's really hard to make a link to, to other chronic diseases, but the statistics show that basically um, it's it's its own it's a it's a vascular disease, um, and inflammation might be part of it, but it, there's no autoimmune or autoantibody component to it. Um, and where some of that confusion might come from is there is another vascular condition called vasculitis, which is thought to be an autoimmune disease. It's quite a different 
condition from varicose veins. Um, vasculitis is very severe inflammation of the blood vessels, and it has a quite a different symptomology. So it's, it's a different thing with a, a similar sounding name. I am a surprised that you said <laughs> something doesn't relate back to <laughs> AIP. Yeah. Um, I guess what's interesting to me um, that doesn't surprise me, however, is that um, they are related to inflammation. And we know that going to an autoimmune protocol reduces or ideally um, reduces inflammation because that's why the protocol is what it is, is it's removing the inflammatory food. So while it's not related to that. I mean, to me, I'm like, well, that's a logical sequence, though I know that you are talking about an actual scientific study that links them. <laughs> um, I would say that inflammation is a science. I mean, we know that's what causes things like heart attack and all right. other health conditions, as well. not all other, but many other health conditions as well. So, yeah. So I think that um, you know, the autoimmune protocol is designed to help the immune system regulate itself. And it's, um, it means that it's applicable in more than just autoimmune disease conditions. So it's really applicable anytime the immune system is up to shenanigans, which includes general inflammation. <laughs> I just but, wanna, shenanigans, not like yes. a, it's, I mean, or you could perceive it as a personal attack on oneself, right. you know? Yes. Yes, it could be a complete betrayal of a, an entire system in your human body, or, you know, it's just like a rebellious teenager. Um, so um, there are some diet links, though, that, uh, and this is where they're, the science is still re really preliminary, and, uh, preliminary in terms of varicose veins, but there is some um, diet links that the autoimmune protocol kind of already has built into it. So um, the the sort of best understood dietary link with varicose veins is dietary fiber. So there is a, a few studies. There's actually been a meta-analysis now that um, has combined, I can't remember, it was like 17-ish different studies um, and showing that the standard Western diet, high refined carbohydrate and low fiber increases risk of varicose veins. That's not a surprise to anybody. Um, but the, there's a few authors who have postulated that this is because the low fiber diet increases constipation or, uh, like pseudo constipation. So we're just, your, your stool is firmer on the, the Bristol, Bristol stool form scale. Again, Christine I didn't expect apologized. that this show was going to lead to multiple poop discussions. Like that's just two. So this is the this is the last one. Um, <laughs> but the idea is that if you're having to push harder and strain harder, that that is actually transiently increasing your blood pressure and putting pressure on veins that might the walls might be weak because of concurrent nutritional deficiencies in that Western diet. So one of the thoughts of, um, helping out is, you know, to do something like a squatty potty. Um, so you're changing your, your, uh, alignment when you're having a BM. Um, but this is why the AIP, one of the main reasons why the AIP would be a really beneficial diet for varicose veins is because it is, it has this huge, you know, vegetable focus. So it's actually quite a high fiber diet, 
But there's some other um, nutrients. Of course, AIP is, has a super nutrient density focus um, that have been linked to varicose veins. So there have been studies looking at vitamin D deficiency, increases the risk, and supplementation seems to, to help them. Um, folate, interestingly, there seems to be a, a strong link between folate. I mean, that's not a... These are not surprises that your vascular system would care about your vitamin D status and your folate status. Um, flavonoids in general. Um, so rutin, which is the precursor flavonoid for quercetin, which most people will have heard of quercetin. Quercetin is really high. Actually, rutin is really high in things like onions and cabbage and garlic. Um, so, and apples actually as well. So um, those flavonoids in general have been shown to, to help varicose veins. And there's a couple of um, plant extracts that you hypothetically could get as a supplement, bilberry and horse chestnut, which have been tested in clinical trials and, and shown to benefit. That's where we go uh, talk to your doctor. We're not medical professionals. And, um, you know, not all plant extracts are 100% awesomely safe for everybody. So talk to your doctor if that's something that you want to do for varicose veins. Um, there's some other deficiencies that are associated with varicose vein risk, um, but so far no data looking at whether or not supplementation can help. So those include uh, not getting not getting enough protein, and that might have to do with the collagen. There's there that that's my postulation based on the fact that uh, collagen and elastin, right, are those glycine-based proteins in the wall of blood vessels that are that help keeping keep that wall strong but also elastic and flexible and uh, in a low protein diet glycine is one of the amino acids that we tend to be very deficient in and not be able to to keep up um, conversion so you we can it's it's a non-essential amino acid we can make it from other amino acids but that's not a really efficient conversion so um, so that's probably where low protein diet comes into play AIP of course embraces seafood and organ meat and high quality meats uh, vitamin C has been linked vitamin C regulates collagen deposition so that makes sense to me as why vitamin C would be so important for vascular health in general. Um, Omega-3s. So uh, we know that omega-3 fats, especially the long chain DHA and EPA that we get from fish and shellfish is really important for cardiovascular health in general. And um, that's because all of our cells actually incorporate those fats into the membrane and it makes the cell membrane more elastic and fluid and, uh, and less rigid. And that is especially important for these flexible structures like our blood vessels. And then the, the last um, nutrient that has been where deficiency, dietary deficiency has been linked to varicose veins is zinc, which um, might have might be linked with vitamin D. So the vitamin D receptor is a zinc-based molecule or might be more closely related to the immune aspect. So zinc deficiency is inflammatory. Zinc is a really, really important mineral for immune regulation. So it could fit into to either one of those sides of it. So it it doesn't sort of surprise me that the autoimmune protocol would benefit varicose veins um, and at least make them um, make them shrink. Um, you know, there are going to be times where the the damage is enough that um, there's sort of like no amount of good diet and awesome flavonoids that are going to reverse that. But from a uh, stopping the progression perspective and from helping um, veins that still have enough structure to be able to return to normal. Like that makes a lot of sense. 
the other um, link to autoimmune protocol that makes sense for, for varicose veins is exercise. So there's a lot of um, studies showing that uh, the more active you are, the lower your risk of varicose veins. And there's been a few intervention studies where they've taken people with really bad varicose veins um, and put them on some kind of exercise regimen. And it seems that exercises, especially that are geared at increasing leg muscle strength, um, are particularly helpful, but also that that fits into a lot of places. So, right, there's the hormone regulation side. We know that being a woman and pregnancy are are both risk factors. That implies a strong hormonal regulation link uh, that falls into the weight regulation link that falls into the reduced sedentary time link. Um, it falls into the uh, immune regulation side of it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways that exercise can benefit vascular health. Um, but that's the, that's the other sort of piece of the AIP that's probably at play here. I know you said that, um, part of what causes it is related to the collagen composition. Mm -hmm. Do you see a benefit to increased, uh, collagen consumption, whether that's, you know, uh, food that's high in, uh, collagen from, being joint cuts of meat, making broth, taking collagen supplements. I mean, obviously that couldn't hurt. You know how I feel about collagen. I'm just right. wondering if it would help. Yeah. I mean, and I, I tried to, um, I tried to be as thorough as I could in my research to look for supplementation and varicose vein treatments. And as far as I can tell, nobody's actually tested that from a like intellectual perspective, it makes sense to me that supplementing with collagen and making sure that you're hitting all of those other nutrients that are really important for collagen formation, like vitamin C, like vitamin A, like vitamin D, like vitamin K2, um, that it makes sense to me that providing the right nutrients for healthy collagen formation would help. Um, but I can't point to a scientific study that proves that's the case or says how much of what to take. Interesting. Um, well, you know how I feel about collagen, all the collagen, all the time. All that, yeah. <laughs> capital A, capital C. Yes. Um, so I guess is what would be your top recommendations? We already hear from Christine mm -hmm. that, she has seen an improvement from AIP. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And despite the fact that the science doesn't specify um, that, that the reduction in inflammation in pretty much any lifestyle factor would aid in that. I guess I'm honestly a little surprised about exercise, though, because it would it does increase inflammation, but in a good way. Exercise, um, yeah, it's for cellular recovery. It's a transient like increase. So yeah. you have this, like, and it's um, it is the innate immune system and not the adaptive immune system. So it is kind of a different part of the immune system. So it's it's bringing the immune system into the muscle to aid uh, muscle recovery because you have all these micro tears in your muscle after you exercise. And so it helps to build up that muscle stronger. And then you end up with this refractory period afterwards where your overall inflammation levels are lower. So it is a sort of a different way of activating the immune system compared to gluten or stress or flu virus, right? Like there's good immune system activity and bad immune system activity generally. Um, and, uh, 
and sh- shades shades of gray where things are both good and bad at the same time, right? So, um, so yeah, generally I would say most people, if, if varicose veins are the only thing you're dealing with, you probably don't need to go full bore AIP. Um, probably just looking at the nutrient density of your diet and eating more vegetables is going to be sufficient um, and addressing, right, addressing things like prolonged sedentary time. Um, in the case of, you know, what's interesting is there's very little data comparing the different types of, um, medical interventions for varicose veins. So, um, they're basically all thought to, um, be good for a while, but the chances of another vein blowing are, are, are really high. And that's because any kind of medical intervention is not addressing the root cause, but without having this like super well laid out pathogenesis identified in the science, it's really hard to address root causes other than, you know, this link with nutrient deficiencies and potentially, um, uh, being, you know, too sedentary or what's called orthostatic, which encompasses that standing still for a long period of time part as well. Um, compression stockings. We talked about, um, compression garments and stockings in episode 355. I looked that up. I didn't just remember. Um, <laughs> I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't, I didn't remember. I was like, we just talked about that relatively recently. And, um, and varicose veins are like the thing that compression stockings can, can benefit. Um, but it's sort of considered, um, a, uh, like keep things where it is. It's not necessarily by itself going to, you know, reverse the varicosing of your veins. Um, and veins can continue to varicose even with compression stocking use over time, uh, for people who, you know, have a lot of those other risk factors. But so that's typically if you went, you know, if they're starting to ache or you're, um, you're having that like heavy feeling in your legs, which I, I did really badly after my first pregnancy. Um, those are, those are the typical go-tos. So your doctor will say, eat more fiber. And uh, my translation to that is nutrient density, lots of vegetables. Um, and then, you know, exercise and wear compression stockings. And, uh, that can help some people and it's, it's not, it's not sufficient for others. Um, so the, the medical treatments that are available right now, um, are, uh, basically like surgery. Like they can actually just cut out the, the varicosing vein. Um, they can go into the vein and kind of do this like stripping inside of the vein, um, which, uh, I don't soup. I think it's, it stops the, stop the blood from pooling cause it straightens everything, but I'm not entirely sure how that doesn't stop it from basically collapsing again. Um, there's a uh, laser therapy where they stick, they literally use a, like a needle and put a, a laser, like a wire that has a laser at the end inside your vein and then turn on the laser and retract it. And it burns the inside of the vein to make it collapse. I had that done and it was super fun. Uh, which is why I can describe it in such gory detail. Um, I was going to say it sounded a little sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had, and this was before I found paleo, actually like just the the winter before. So this was one of the things that I, um, I did uh, after, because I, um, 
I developed varicose veins in my first pregnancy and it got really bad in my second pregnancy. My legs just hurt all the time. And so this was one of the things that I did um, as I was striped trying to get to my pre-pregnancy weight after having a baby. Um, and, um, mine were, were so, so big that laser ablation was, was the best choice. And it was actually covered by my health insurance, which is shocking because most varicose vein treatment is not. Um, so, uh, so I actually liked the, the laser ablation better than I had sclerotherapy done, which I would not do now. Um, so this was pre, pre discovering the power of food and lifestyle and, uh, a more functional medicine approach to health. Um, but sclerotherapy uses a medical foam to collapse the veins. And so it injects this foam, but only 90% of it stays where it's supposed to go. And the other 10% of it gets systemic and it's not very well known what the, um, effects are of that other 10%. When I, um, when I had this done, I was told not to breastfeed, uh, for three days after every sclerotherapy, treatment. So that to me is a, a strong indicator of maybe some, some dubious side effects. Um, but it is the most common procedure now done for varicose veins because all it is, is an injection of this foam and they do it under ultrasound to make sure it gets to the right place. If you could um, see a picture of my face right now, like I, I'm, I'm not into it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. into the, the other treatments. I'm- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they, they can now do um, a type of, depending on how surface they are, there is now like an external laser treatment that they can do. It was like brand new when I had them done and expensive. But ha- having, you know, a, a, I actually have a couple that I need to get tre- treated this fall. Um, the, the rate of them has been much slowed thanks to all of the things that I do, but they... I do still have a couple, um, in my calf muscles and, um, and I'm looking at them going, Oh, it's, it's probably time to do something about these. Um, and my, my like job for the winter is to find a, um, vascular surgeon who will do lasers on smaller veins. Um, so that that's my, that's my treatment of choice is to basically your, your, um, damaging the inside of the vein so that it collapses in on itself. And then the body sort of reabsorbs it over time. Um, so there, there are, um, there are a lot of different options for, for treatment. Um, and I definitely think either, um, either the laser or they're like, there's something called endothermal where they sort of there, it's another heat application, but I don't think it uses light. I think it uses some other heat source. Um, those definitely have, equal to sclerotherapy or surgery in terms of their long-term success rates and in terms of side effects, there's just fewer chemicals going into your body. So, so those, that's, I'm for my personal choice, that's what I'm choosing for myself. I definitely recommend doing your research about all of the available options, but also like Christine is a wonderful testament to the power of diet and lifestyle. And I definitely would recommend uh, trying some, some tweaks to diet and some tweaks to lifestyle and compression stockings first and see where you can get with that. Because those things aren't just going to help your varicose veins. They're going to help your whole body. Well, the compression stockings aren't, but the diet and lifestyle are. (laughs) And collagen. I mean, I'm just going to keep pushing that even though there's no science on it. Um, (laughs) I learned a lot today. Thank you so much, Sarah and Christine for her wonderful, 
wonderful question. I need more questions like that so that I can be friends with all of you. So feel free to submit them. through the forms on our website. Um, And I just want to thank our sponsor again this week, Juve Red Light Therapy. That's J-O-O-V-V.com slash PaleoView if you want to check out um, that awesome resource for an additional way to improve your health and wellness lifestyle. And I've been getting a lot of comments and DMs and engagement after I said this on a prior show, so I'm going to say it again, because we love hearing from you. Um, If you enjoyed the show and know someone who could benefit from it, please share this with them, leave reviews, comments on social media so that we can have a broader reach to help other people find wellness. I mean, drop the mic. <laughs> I was like awkward pause. <laughs> I know. It's like I don't I have nothing. I, well, you did I, say a lot the rest of the show, so I had to I had to bring it there at the end. All right. I I mean, I don't I don't Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. It sounds so silly now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. I may remember the show. Note number. Got it. It's still 368. It didn't. Well, it but didn't that was yesterday. And I, one. you know. I know. Forgot I know. for a second. Do you know what's cool about 369 next week? It's uh, one of those, what do they it's, call it? Palindromes? No. It's not a palindrome, but it's a number that is. Like if you kept multiplying yes. the first digit, I'm like obsessed. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with finding those numbers. I would do math equations in my head all it, the it would time. Be like two four six over two four eight is cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Know. I like numbers. <laughs>